Hi everyone, and welcome back to The Blast Podcast, a show where we believe movies can be more than just movies. I'm your host, Steve Watts, joined as always by my co-host, Ty Patterson, and today we're going to be talking about Gareth Edwards' new AI-based movie, The Creator. Before we start discussing the film, let's hear a word from our sponsor. As always, The Blast Podcast is presented by The Blast app, which is going to be available sooner than you may realize. Make sure you're following our Instagram page at Blast underscore movies underscore, our TikTok at Blast.movies, and our YouTube channel at Blast.movies to stay up to date on all of our latest content. There you'll find podcast clips, movie ticket reviews from Ty and myself, and up-to-date news on the progress of the app. Lastly, please make sure to check out our app's landing page at Blastmovies.net where you can learn more about what Blast is going to be. Ty, do you want to get the ball rolling with what you've watched this week? So, you're going to kill me. Um, (laughs) I haven't watched anything besides The Creator. So, instead, before I tell you one movie nerd story, I'm just going to share a little bit about my day today. Okay. Um, We started out our flag football season 0-2. And if you know me, flag football is equally as important as movies is. So... This is obviously very frustrating, um, but today I bring good news. We we won our game seven nothing, and I scored our only touchdown. So I'm feeling very good right now. You don't see a lot of flag football games and seven nothing, but it was just a really gritty, hard fought win, and I'm proud of my team. None of them listened to this, but they all played great today. So I'm happy about that. But okay. I just I needed to share something because good lord I did nothing else this week movie related, but my roommates can attest to this for the last like four or five years. Every morning they don't hear like music coming from the shower, and I take long showers like twenty thirty minutes, and it's because I do nothing but rip TikToks and movie scenes, movie trailers sometimes too. Like two years ago I used to do the Snyder Cut uh, Hallelujah trailer all the time. But lately, I've been uh, in a Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning mode. So I will sit in the shower, and because I'm trying to get myself out of the shower, I'll tell myself, fine, one YouTube video, and I'm out. I just so happen to find a 10-minute Dead Reckoning scene that I watch. It's the same scene that I've been watching for over a week now. It's the airport scene with um, Haley Atwell and Tom Cruise you know, trying to get the key. Um, just all the moving pieces, Benji trying to disarm the bomb. I've been watching that every day in the shower, twice a day. Uh, I've practically seen it about as much of like a, a full movie, if that makes sense. Like I've probably seen an hour and a half, two hours worth of that scene. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, so uh, that and the creator. That's it. Awesome. Uh, all right, am I good to take it away then? Yeah. Started the week strong with a a movie that I don't know if you've you've seen before. It is actually guest starring Bobby Flay, the famous chef. This is Scooby Doo and the Gourmet Ghost. <laughs> what? Bobby Flay's in it? <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, I don't know. It, every October, I tend to turn towards Scooby Doo as just like I don't know something that makes me feel nostalgic and just a fun way to kind of celebrate the start of spooky season, I guess. Um, 
And I don't I don't mean to steal your thunder before you keep going. I vividly remember in my like cabinet in my house at home, we had a VHS tape for the Batman and Robin collab. Like is that a real thing or is that just a fever dream? Do you remember the Scooby Doo collab with Batman and Robin? It's a great watch. No, it's it's awesome. Um speaking of, have you seen the the Scooby Doo project, the parody of Blair Witch? No. Check it out on YouTube uh, at some point this October. It's it's fucking hilarious and, like, kind of adult. Um, anyways, followed that up with a recommendation from you, which was As Above, So Below. And this one was kind of frustrating for me. Um, just, just very mid, I guess. And there was a lot of potential to do something really cool, and it felt like the filmmakers just didn't really hit that potential. Sorry. Oh, no, I don't regret watching it at all. I still think it's a good wreck, but I just was disappointed in some of the execution. Um, after that, you're never going to believe this, I rewatched The Innocence from 1961 again with my parents. Whoa, whoa. What did they think? They love, uh, well, my dad loved it. My mom seemed like she kind of enjoyed it, but wasn't, like, blown away, I guess. Um, I... I can't get over that movie though i'm i'm loving it right now i'm high on it all right geez then i really need to watch it this is the one remind me it's on youtube like the criterion is on youtube yeah yeah okay all right on my radar um after that i watched twister (laughs) which is just a relic dude that's that was the first time i've ever seen it it's it was hilarious i loved it Good, good. Uh, now I have to ask: Is this because I've been pumping the podcast with the Kohler intern that loves this movie? Kind of. Um, my mom <laughs> actually brought it up, and she was like, "Oh, Twister's uh, leaving Max soon. We should watch it." And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Because partially because you had <laughs> told me all about that intern, but I I thought it was great. Uh, I had a really good time with it. There we go. Um, now you just gotta watch Deep Blue Sea and you'll be completely caught up. Yeah. Um, followed Twister with maybe the most opposite film you could possibly get with Get Out. Um, <laughs> this was Good Morgan's watch. first watch of it, and um, she knows I am like the biggest Lakeith Stanfield fan, and she knew in the opening scene, oh shit, that's Lakeith Stanfield, but didn't recognize him when he was like whitewashed. <laughs> and i was like hey thank that's, that's kind of cool yeah i was it's like thank cool. god you you it would have spoiled that that twist and she kind of guessed it like halfway but um just what a movie dude i i i love it so much if this is directed by like a a really really amazing director i think that it's maybe like top five greatest movies of all time um peel I, th- I think it's a top five screenplay what do you think? I, I'm just, the entire time listening to that, I know people are going to hate that take. I don't think you're crazy. I don't. And I like M. Not, or it's funny. I like Jordan uh, Peele, but um, I think of M. Night when I think of him. Like, they're, <laughs> they're on the same playing field right now. Not, they're fun directors. I don't think he's a great director. Yeah, I agree. And I, I do think he is a great writer, though. Um that said, finished out the week with um, Candyman, which was so good, as always. You know I'm a sucker for anything involving urban legends, and 
Showing this one to Morgan was awesome. I know so many fun facts about it. Have you seen the original yet or no? No, is this the one you're talking about or the one that just came out? Yeah, we watched the original. Um, I'm sure we'll watch 2022 at some point soon. Uh, But I'm a sucker for Tony Todd in the original. Yeah, don't kill me, man. I haven't seen either one. And it... This is one of those that's embarrassing to admit. It's one that I see both of them on streaming platforms, and I get too scared to watch either one. It's it's a weird one. I can't figure it out, but uh, I'll man up. I'll tell you what. Next time we collab, um, we'll do we'll pump out the double feature. <laughs> okay, okay. You know what's funny is like when it comes to horror movies, I have to watch with someone if it's at home, but I'm more than willing to go to the theater alone. I can't explain it. Like I think. I don't know, maybe just the mission of going. It's like, all right, time to man up and get this done. But at home, I can cheat. Have you ever seen a horror movie alone in a theater? Um, Not where I was the only one in a theater. But yes, I saw, if this counts, I saw Scream 5. And um, no, I guess I didn't go see Bo's Afraid by myself. I didn't see barbarian by myself there's one more but i'm blanking right now so this will we'll have to revisit this on another pod i went and saw the night house in theaters and i was the only person in the theater and i thought i was gonna shit my pants is that the rebecca hall movie it is yeah okay another one with a lot of potential that just doesn't really hit home yeah the ending kind of sucks for that one i I didn't love it oh well anyways uh obviously i watched the creator as well but let's dive into our theater experiences. I'm really happy. I mean, yes, my I had a lousy week of just catching up on other movies, but I had a great theater experience last night for this one. So for starters, um, just had, had ripped off a, a doubleheader in softball, made a lot, a lot of great plays in the outfield. So just great night already. Um, came home. It was like a 20-minute drive back home. Quickly showered. Um, got ready and drove right back out. The only theater, the only theater showing uh, the movie that late. It was like 9:30. Was one 30 minutes away. So I made the hike. Uh, I decided not to go into work today. Just worked from home so that I could, <laughs> you know, man up and get through this late night. And it was awesome. The theater. It's a Marcus theater, way far out of my territory. I've never even heard of this one. And it's this huge building, really cool architecture on the inside. It's almost like a niche theater that I would fall in love with here in the city. So that was cool from the jump. But immediately when I walk in, there is just, <laughs> this is an awesome slate of employees. Like they, they brought their, their head honchos for the night shift at, at this Marcus Theater. The guy giving me the ticket was like, hey man, how you doing? Um, yeah, so everything in white is available. Um, there's only two other people here. Um, I'd, re- I'd recommend sitting here, though. This is this is where you're going to get the best viewing experience in this theater. It's a weird one. I I picked it already for you, but feel free to switch in. Like, well, <laughs> fuck it, man. I'll take it. Thanks. So he gave me a, a $5, like, voucher for popcorn and a free The Creator poster. Like, guy just give me great, great customer service. I'm already in a great mood this late at night. I'm already giddy for the movie. So I walk over, get my popcorn. The guys there at the concession reminded me of me and like my coworkers, you know, at like the grocery store back in the day. So I'm just smiling because they're having a fun time, but don't care. Um, 
But the guy whipping up the popcorn, like, did the whole NCG thing, halfway, butter and salt, then popcorn again, then butter and salt. It was just nice. They were really grinding it out here at 9.30 at night. We were we were cracking up, just the three of us, those two in the concessions, and then me. Went into the theater, and I mentioned that there were only three people in this theater, including me. It was me and two other dudes doing a solo mission for the creator, and we were like... <laughs> completely spread out across the theater like one in one corner i was in the center and then another guy like four rows back just lounging about but all locked in you know um no one said a word and no one was on their phone so good and i just i had an absolutely great time with this movie i think everything leading up to it made it that much better but the actual viewing experience was great because I, like the three of us were just locked in i felt like i was watching by myself yeah, and I, I, that makes me want to talk a little bit about Marcus Theaters in general. I feel like I've been to a number of them, and every every single one of them feels a little bit different. Unlike if you go to AMC in Oswego or an AMC in California, it's going to be the exact same thing. Um, I don't know what it is about it, but the people there actually seem happy to work there, um, <laughs> which is rare to see around uh theaters near me and i don't i don't know i just kind of appreciate the vibe that comes in every different marcus theater well it's greg marcus and it's clearly a culture thing and for those listening that don't go to marcus theaters every single time you watch a movie there right before the movie starts there is this mini spoof commercial with greg marcus the owner and president of marcus theaters just this old guy giving corny grandpa jokes, and the entire theater loves it. And that is just like a testament to who he is and the brand he's trying to build at Marcus Theaters. It's it's that small theater vibe of, hey, we love the experience of going to a movie. We Essentially, they're like, they're like blast, but big. And mm-hmm. um, I just, it's that small theater feel, but they're, they've expanded. They're you know, a, a big chain. It's a cool thing. I'm glad you brought that up. I love it. Um, my theater experience was actually fairly good, too. I went today, Tuesday, at uh, 12.40 p.m. and expected there to be absolutely nobody there. There was, like, 20 people in my theater. Whoa. On I know. Monday? In the middle of the day? What are people doing uh, on well, on a break? Tuesday. On a Tuesday in the middle of the day. And that brings me to something I want to say. First off, most of those people were very old and probably retired. Um, but please, just like lower ticket prices. If I can go at 12.40 p.m. on $5 Tuesday and have 20 people in the theater, I can't imagine how much like revenue would be coming in on a Monday night. Like, I guarantee you that if you went to the creator tonight instead of last night, it would be a packed house. Just lower the prices of tickets. Make these movies more accessible. Yeah, I'm tired of it I, for the same reasons. It, And I'm glad you brought that up, too, because I went Monday night. And, again, if it's Tuesday night, that theater at 930 is probably packed. Mm-hmm. And it's because my ticket was $14 and not 5 And the popcorn wasn't free. It's uh, It's annoying. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, and for like a casual moviegoer too, are you going to go and see the creator on a Monday night and spend 14 bucks a ticket with you and your partner or whatever, 28 bucks total, 5 bucks for popcorn, 
that that gets you what like to to around 35 and why would you do that when you can just buy it for 20 bucks in two weeks at home it's it just doesn't make sense to me and it really frustrates me when i see every theater so packed on tuesdays and empty every other day of the week it's that's a whole separate discussion of what movie theaters can do to incentivize people to come back but that's a great start let's let's just lower ticket prices let's get people in the seats um i think maybe raising concessions or leaving them the same like go make your money on the popcorn Mm -hmm. let's get people in the seats first like make the viewing experience special like it's hard to get non-dorks like us to go to a movie on a monday when you're sitting alone because like you said the same argument it's like well i can just watch this alone on my couch for 20 bucks cheaper yeah exactly it's it's really frustrating to me but when I when I got into the theater and it was crowded, uh, I was I was locked in as soon as this started and like nobody was speaking at all. I was really excited to see that. The only real notable thing that happened was that at the at the end of the movie, the credits started rolling and the old man in front of me raised his arms in the air and just said, "That's it." And I- <laughs> <laughs> what was- what was the goober expecting? That's so typical. That's such a that's such a grandpa thing. Honestly, oh, you gotta be kidding me. They don't make them like they used to. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I didn't have anything like that. You know what's funny is in my theater, I was the first one to get up. The other two either were afraid to get up and admit that they were alone. I don't care. But the other two were just sitting in silence, not looking at their phones, like watching the credits roll. And I don't know if they were just in complete awe like I was, but clearly something was wrong. I was, funny enough, you know, I'm making fun of them for staying in their seats. I was the last person to leave the parking lot at Marcus Theaters. And (laughs) I'm sitting in my car alone just thinking about this movie, trying to process my thoughts. And I, like, sent out a TikTok. My dad called me this morning, and he's like, hey, man, uh, we were just catching up, but he finally brought up Blast. He's like, you know, a l- little critique here. Um, typically, when you post on Instagram, I really love the way you present things. You're you're very limited and concise. You don't use a lot of filler words. But when you were talking about the creator, it was like someone had a gun to your head or something. You couldn't get anything <laughs> out. Like that, That's exactly my point. I was I was stunned. I, I had a great time with this one. Yeah, and so did I. What's your blast grade? Blast grade? I'm. It's hard to not give it an A plus. This was a great theater experience. I'll probably, but it's not like an all timer. Like I can't give it a ten out of ten. There's been some better. I'll go blast grade A. Movie grade. Don't say it. <laughs> okay, I'll save it. Um, well, my blast grade is also an A for the record. All right, so we're on the same page. I was worried about this one, so maybe a good time to talk a little spoiler-free, but when I saw it, I knew you would like it, but I was worried that you may find more of the nitpicks or be a little more frustrated with the nitpicks in this one. So kind of want to get your thoughts on the creator. Yeah, I mean, the the number one thing that really struck me was just how gorgeous this entire movie is. Everything is, like, as huge as it is in Dune, Um but it's also like more bleak and still beautiful. It's hard to even describe the look of this movie and how just 
wonderful it is, how refreshing it is. So I'm glad you brought that up. I'm sure that you know, but in case anyone else doesn't, this movie had a whopping budget of $80 million. Now, obviously, that's a crazy amount of money, but in comparison to other movies that have come out, I'm going to rattle off some movies that I would consider have shitty visual effects. Love and Thunder, the fourth Thor movie, $250 million. Wakanda Forever, $250 million. Black Widow, $200 million. No Way Home, $200 million. Doctor Strange 2, $200 million. All of those movies honestly look terrible. And <laughs> I, I think you can make a case, aside from maybe Oppenheimer, this is the best-looking movie of the year as far as visual effects goes. Yeah, I I think so. Um, obviously, Spider-Verse and I think TMNT look better, but they're animated. Yeah. Um, I, I would agree, though. I think this is second best to Oppenheimer. Yeah, I, and I think that Gareth Edwards does a really good job hiding the CGI at times, and I don't mean that in a bad way. You know, you watch a movie like Indiana Jones 5, and everything's in the dark and you know why it's in the dark because it looks shitty we've got rubber man running on the train but Mm -hmm. here like they use a a really good blend of of shadows they cut at the right times they really try and limit the use of cgi i think and everything just there was never a point in this movie where i could identify the cgi like i understood like how they might have filmed some things but i couldn't notice any glaring cgi i don't know about you i couldn't either it's truly a testament and and rogue one felt the same way i think gareth edwards is like maybe second in line for the king of sci-fi but behind villeneuve right i have to ask and this is my bad but has the guy done anything since rogue one am i missing something where has he been i don't know i don't think he has um Jeez. Yeah, no, he he is not. It's it's Rogue One seven years ago, and now this. And I guess Rogue One was kind of panned, but at at when it came out, uh, because of all like the production drama and everything that happened there. But I thought that was a really good Star Wars movie, one of the last good Star Wars movies we got. Yeah, and a lot of the effects there too are are very good, and they were great at the time, and. But I think what was great about Rogue One and why it it stood the test of time was not only does it look great, there are a lot of great emotional beats, a lot of good character work that you don't see in some of these big budget Mickey Mouse stories. And again, here with the creator, I would argue that there are a lot of great action scenes in this movie, but the stuff that works the best are the emotional beats and those tear-jerking moments. And I think that's why... I keep telling myself that I love this movie. Yeah, and for me, what worked the best is the kind of just, like, philosophy of everything there, like like the moral questions that this begs. Um, I thought were, were really fascinating because I was not expecting to sympathize with the AI in this movie at all, but Gareth Edwards did a great job with that, and I actually found myself kind of rooting for him. Oh, totally. It perfectly executed on that front. But, you know, it's funny when you mention that. I think of other movies like like District 9. That mm-hmm. uh, This movie reminds me of that. But it reminded me of a lot of different movies. You know, here I have in my notes that 
This reminded me of a more mature, like, Avatar-esque movie, but there are hints of District 9, of The Last Samurai, like, a lot of big movies, but it wasn't done in a distasteful way. It was actually quite refreshing to see this original story just use great story beats and execute it flawlessly. It was it was nice to see something new. Yeah, and speaking of new, this is like the first non-franchise movie or especially non-franchise sci-fi movie I feel like I've seen in the last like 20 years. Like I I legitimately can't remember even Dune is Dune Part 1 and Dune Part 2. Like I can't think of another sci-fi movie that tells its complete story and didn't get any sequels and I, I don't want to spoil anything, but this doesn't really set up for a sequel at the end of it, and that made me really happy. Yeah, it was just, it was so easy to root for this movie going into the theater for those reasons. We we don't get a lot of these movies anymore, and it's because they don't make any money. And it's so frustrating to see that this movie's struggling at the box office, because all people complain about is that everything is attached to an IP, but no one goes to the theater for something like the creator. And... We're getting screwed out of great stories like this, told by great storytellers. That's another thing I wanted to touch on, though, and why I told you to stop uh, yourself from sharing your movie grade. Because when I checked Rotten Tomatoes, this has a 68% critics and a 77% viewers. Um, That's mid. It's very mid. And that will people will look at that and say, eh, I can wait, you know? And I, I really hate that, like, the movie going culture has kind of started to revolve around looking up the reviews before going just if if you're interested in a topic just go and see it right and it's also again not to plug our own app but i i love the concept of not just measuring how good the movie is objectively but how does it make you feel how was the experience of seeing the creator like sure we haven't given our movie grade for it but we both clearly had a great time with this. Shouldn't that be enough to get you in the seat? And like when it comes to like Rotten Tomatoes and those numbers you you're like talking about, I think people still don't understand what it means, which is so funny that a lot of like like common folk like just think like, oh, people rated a seven and a half out of ten. No. Yeah. Seven and a half people out of ten liked the movie. It's it's very weird how it's structured, but I don't know. How do you feel about that? I hate it. I agree with you, though. Nobody doesn't know how to read Rotten Tomatoes. I always have to explain it to my friends. And I'm like, no, I promise. Like, even if it's a 30% movie, 3 out of 10 critics liked this movie. 3 out of 10 people could have said, yeah, this is amazing. And then that movie just gets discarded and is a box office flop because uh, they see that score and nobody goes and sees it. Yeah. I think conceptually it's a great idea. I just think it's not it's not marketed or like explained well enough by Rotten Tomatoes. So hey, RT, do do your part. I like the idea. Just maybe explain it to the masses a little bit better. Agreed. Um but All right. Enough back on to the Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah, back to the creator. <laughs> John David Washington. I want to talk about him for a second because he is fucking awesome in this movie. You beat me to it. He is, uh, God, I mean, the whole time I was watching was like, Tenet, now this. He needs to be in so much more. He He's an action star. Yeah, and I think it was Chris Ryan said that he is the, the like, current day version. He's, like, the younger TC right now. He's the younger Tom Cruise. 
And one of the things that uh, CR pointed out that I didn't even think about is, do you know in Tenet when they're doing the opera siege and JDW just slides underneath like all of the coat racks and the benches? He's a, he was an NFL running back. The guy's an athlete. Yeah, exactly. That's and that's what Chris Ryan pointed out is that you can tell that this guy is just like actually like a physical person. Like he's a presence, and I I love that. I think it actually does add to the movies quite a bit. Um, oh man, I just I I need more of him too. It's not even just his presence and his ability to be an action star. The guy's got movie chops, and maybe it's like. I don't know if it's the Denzel effect. Like when I hear him, all I all I can help, I, I can't help but smile because I just hear his dad. It's the weirdest thing. I don't know if you feel the same way, but the guy's got chops. And I was moved in many different scenes. He made me laugh in a, a theater in which I was practically alone. And typically like when I laugh at a theater, it's because I feel the energy from the crowd. I found myself laughing in some of his scenes just by some of his like his quips and his wittiness the guy's got it the guy brings it yeah completely agree and uh, he's complimented by an actually great kid performance oh my gosh amazing i i I, oh we'll save it for spoilers we'll save it for spoilers but so many different scenes like i had like the puppy dog face like watching this kid like do i want to be a dad like i just want (laughs) to i just want to squeeze your face so adorable but holy heat check i i made sure first movie for this child wow how talented is she yeah no i know and is is this the best child performance since sixth sense or no it i think it has to be i think it has to be i think it has to be i would also argue i would also argue i don't know if this is spoilers i doubt I almost, okay. I almost slipped up. I almost slipped up. I won't do that to anyone. We're good. But yes, great <laughs> acting. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm speechless here. You got any um, complaints about the movie before we start talking spoilers? Okay, yeah. So, again, I'm the king of recency bias. When I came out of the movie, I was certain it was perfect. But the more I thought about it, I can't tell. Does this movie need... 10 less minutes does it need to be tightened up or does it need 10 more minutes to elaborate on some of its like side themes or side quests that seem kind of half-baked i can't figure it out i think it needs 10 less um and and the reason i say that is because i (laughs) checked the i checked the time uh when i thought that the movie was going to be wrapping up and i was like an hour and a half in and i was like okay uh and and it kept going and it was paced fairly well, but it just 10, maybe even 15 minutes getting trimmed off. I think that also makes it more digestible for most audiences. I felt the runtime was, I felt the runtime when I was watching. So maybe that was it. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I, I can never tell when it comes to those. Do I, do I need more, more meat in like pause more meat from like the the, <laughs> the the side quest or do i need them to trim it up i i can't figure it out but i, I like that take i i'm i'm with you there i i, I did feel the runtime yeah um, other than other than that i it's hard to find flaws maybe just because i had a great time but i really don't want to poke the bear with this one i i'm really happy with the creator i want 
as many people to go see it because I want mo- more movies like this. Yeah, it 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 deserves it justifies its existence, which is something that a lot of movies right now can't say. Um, the only other complaint I had is that. There is a lot of news position, like a lot of just exposition given over news broadcasts. Oh, I liked that. I liked that intro. You didn't? I don't know. I think I would have preferred to just read it all at the beginning or I I, I don't know. Maybe that's where you cut out the 15 minutes is just by putting the text on screen (laughs) instead of having the news montages. I'm never really a fan of that, though. All right. All right. So I think it's a good time to dive into spoilers. So if you haven't seen the creator, please go see it. It's definitely worth the watch. We both had a great time at the theater. Uh, when you watch it, come back and dial in for spoilers. But <laughs> this really isn't a spoiler, but I did want to talk about this. What did you think of the title cards? If you didn't like the news position, did you like the little, like, the creator, the mother, the the daughter, whatever whatever the title cards were? All I could think about was, is Gareth Edwards the next Tarantino? There's <laughs> right. some feet shots in this, too. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I think where I want to start is I loved the character work they did for Joshua, for John David Washington's character. I loved all the little flashbacks. I think they they told that backstory in a unique enough way where they start off in New Asia with his wife and he betrays her pretty much off the rip, but we get to see it, that story unraveled and pieced together throughout the story, but still not giving us the full picture, but just enough to understand where Joshua was coming from, the pain that he feels now, and the, the regret he has, and maybe why he has that immediate connection to the child. That That's where I stand on that. Right, and that immediate connection to the child. Did you see that twist coming? Uh, that oh, it was like a, a copy away. of his kid? Yeah. From a that mile was, away. That was telegraphed. Um, but I don't think it was trying to be, like, hidden or anything, do you? No, and I think the one point I keep coming back to is this movie is pretty predictable start to finish, but I don't care. Like, it was that well executed. I, I don't care if I know what the story beats are going to be, you know. Confuse me a little bit here and there. Tell it the way you want in a unique fashion, but I I, I didn't care at all. Yeah, I, uh, I will say. Fair. I will say. The one thing that I did not expect, for some reason, I felt like it really was going down the road that his wife, I believe her name was Maya, right? Mm-hmm. Maya was alive. And technically she was, but I, I really did not expect her to be on life support for five years or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, me either. And the only other thing that caught me by surprise is... A line drop that happens, it's like a three-second line that just seems like a throwaway, but the entire reason for the war between the humans and the AI is that the AI dropped a nuke on L.A., but uh, at some point, one of the characters says, that wasn't even us, that was just a coding issue, it was human error, and I, I... couldn't believe it because the entire movie i was thinking like why did the ai drop that nuke because they kept on saying we just want to live at peace like we want our freedom but we don't want to hurt you funny and you know what's funny like i I wasn't surprised by that drop i wish that part and when i was referencing that maybe this movie needed to be 10 15 minutes longer i wish that they had explored that concept instead of it just being dropped and 
a line of dialogue. That's how I felt about it. But maybe the subtlety of it, it works that way. Um, For me, it worked because it had felt like everybody had forgotten what they were fighting for in the first place. I don't know. Maybe I'm just making excuses for Edwards, though. <laughs> you'll be okay. And another refreshing thing with this movie, I know that there's a couple side villains, and I could not tell you that actress's name. She's awesome. She plays a really badass, like, evil piece of shit that just wants to kill AI. But there really is no, like, true villain of the movie other than this super cool Death Star weapon called Nomad. I thought this thing was so cool. I always loved, like, when the light beams would, like, shift across, like, different areas of, like, terrain, and then, like, the light would shrink right before the missile drops. I just mm-hmm. thought it was really cool to look at. Like, yeah, keep bombing them. This is sweet. <laughs> Jesus. Um, okay, speaking of explosions, though, I, I gotta ask, do you think there is too much of John David Washington running away from explosions and getting knocked out? Because it happens like four or five times. I know. I don't know why they kept doing that. And <laughs> it just it kept reminding me of like the Rogue One shot where they're hugging as like the explosion is about to take them out. And yep. that is one gripe I've always had with Rogue One that no one seems to notice and it drives me nuts. It must have been like a one-take thing where I, I couldn't tell you the guy's name that plays Andor. But he, um, like, looks up at the camera, like, right at the end. Like, like his, his left eye, like, peeks at the camera, like, oh, okay, are we done hugging here? Please go back and rewatch that scene. I'm not crazy. They, Interesting. They, it is there, and it drives me nuts. And I don't mean to go off the rails there, but I, I encourage you to go watch that scene and find it. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll check it out. Do you have... Any other spoiler thoughts before we dive into the ending? Because I don't think you and I agree on this. Well, <laughs> we definitely don't. I knew that you were going to do this to me. But I said that I I might have a spoiler thing, and I, I left that out of the non-spoiler. I think this is my favorite father-daughter relationship outside of Interstellar in a movie. It's, mm. it's too easy. I, I love the daughter... And I just, like, I could feel their bond. And it's, like, the father-son stuff is really easy to connect to. But when it comes to father-daughter, it's harder for me to connect for obvious obvious reasons. But I just felt myself, like, one, wanting to be a dad. But I just, like, felt their connection more than, than others. That's that's fair. You haven't seen After Son, but that is my favorite uh, mm. father-daughter combination on the rocks did you catch that one with bill murray and rashida jones now when did that come out was that recent it was like an apple tv movie i think uh oh yeah yeah i never saw that you could make a case for like any of the flanagan shows maybe like hill house there's some father daughter stuff but i don't know this one just like i caught myself like choking up at a couple big moments I, i i gotta tip my cap nothing can beat interstellar though and on that front, yeah, Coop and um, Murph. One one last uh, honorable mention for it though. Eighth grade, no, awesome. I seen that one either. I sent you the the bonfire scene. From okay, it, though it's yes. so good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen the movie, so I probably didn't hit as much, but that is a good scene. Um, all right then. You ready to get into the sending? One more thing, please. Just 
I, I, I need to like hammer it in that this there's one line and I want to put it in my blast ticket like a spoiler review but the am I going to heaven scene right before the daughter is gonna get killed I dude <laughs> I was I was serious like near tears in the theater I I can't believe you're not like you're not feeling this with me right now I was on the rope so many times I just it's gonna be okay i promise i'm here <laughs> god god damn it i love it's, that kid it's a great scene i love the i love that conversation they have on the bus well no. then we're the same <laughs> you're not going to heaven because you're a bad person and i'm not <laughs> going to heaven because i'm not a person <laughs> yeah oh my gosh i just i kept catching myself do like doing like the puppy dog face like the big bottom lip so cute <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Got to focus. Um, All right, it's time. It's time to battle. I okay. do I even do I dare ask like what were the gripes? I just didn't want Josh to get his closure. I thought that was dumb. Um Why? I, this, this this movie to me communicated one main theme and it was that sometimes you fuck up in life and it's going to be too late to fix that. But going forwards, you can do your best to do better. And I thought that was really powerful. I thought it was really well done the entire movie. And then it was undermined at the end when he gets to see his wife again in AI form. Ah, there's the pushback. Here we go. Thanks for the layup. His AI version of his wife. Would Joshua have accepted the AI version of his wife at the beginning of the movie? I would argue no way in hell. At the beginning of the movie, he is killing robots because at that time he considers them just like computers i'm turning this thing off it's programming but now he's learned that they are no different they are the same underneath and ai and and humans are the same they they're essentially people too and earlier in the movie he would not have had that moment with his wife because he would only see her as programming but now sees her just as maya and I thought that was that was great. I just wish that that scene was more flushed out. I wish that they had had a conversation where she was like still pissed at him or something. I know that they didn't have time for that. Maybe the execution of it wasn't up to par, but I'm glad he had his moment. I think that was the bigger theme of this movie is that they can coexist. I, I, I'm not discrediting what you're saying because I love that scene where he turns off her lights, life support and he just apologizes for what he's done wrong, and he's going to do it right with um, Alfie. I thought that, that was the best great. scene of the movie. Yeah, it's great. I just come on, man. Like, what? Why can't Joshua have his moment? He just he just had to say goodbye to his daughter. Like, the least he can do is get a little kiss from his wife. I don't come know, on. man. It, I, I get what you're saying with the accepting AI theme, but I feel like that was clearly communicated already i mean he's been dealing with the child this whole time and you've gotten to see him like actually grow in affinity for other ais like he he interacts with his buddy's wife who's who's a robot and he interacts with the 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 older like mentor figure who's also a robot i i didn't really get anything new from him embracing his wife as an ai especially when even the people who are out to kill the AIs are using that technology to upload consciousnesses or, or what have you to get more information. I guess I just, 
I think you're being a stickler here. Like, let him have his moment. Come on. Let's get a happy ending. I mean, the guy's going to be blown to smithereens. Just let him let him say goodbye to his wife. I don't know. I don't know. That that'll be one that I'm sure we don't we will never agree on, but it just yeah. really uh I don't know. I just I need to keep going further and further down the rabbit hole. I need to continue to try and become Batman and darken my soul. And then maybe maybe I will agree. But I was happy and I don't want that taken away from me. Fair. Then All it's right. a perfect time to transition into our next segment. This movie, uh, like we said, is a completely unaffiliated, pretty much independent science fiction movie. So I, I want to do a, a little five-movie draft with you on our favorites of, of this very exclusive like set of movies. Oh, let's dance. Let's dance. I, I'm curious to see what your takes are, and I don't want to give any hints as to where this is going because I want to make sure I have a god squad that can take you down. But I, I'm ready to go. Do we, like, how are we going to decide who goes first? Is this, like, a rock, paper, scissors thing? Is it, am I just going to let you take it? You can have it. Um, no, I, I don't want it. I don't want it. You, you take don't the want one, it? One. No, no. Okay. I, want the, I want the one, two. I want the turn. Okay. And uh, for our listeners, we're going to post this as an Instagram poll or something along those lines for you guys to vote and tell us who won. Um but I have to kick this off with, obviously, the best option, which is Interstellar. Yeah, well, I knew you'd go that way. And it's a juggernaut. I can't, I can't argue with that. But I'm fighting fire with fire. We're going 2001 A Space Odyssey, arguably nice. one of the greatest sci-fi movies of all time. Stanley Kubrick. And this is, what, late 60s? And it still stands the test of time. This is a clear yeah. one-two for me. It's not even uh, an arguably greatest sci-fi movie of all time. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. Right. Yep. So taking that at the 1-2, and then at the 2-1, I'm taking one of my personal favorite movies of all time. Give me everything everywhere all at once. It is sci-fi. Nice. I'm taking it. That's my 2-1. And I, I thought you were going to take that one there. And that's why I have prepared Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which I know you don't like, but I have to take it. It's in my top five movies of all time at the number two. Let's go. Let's go. I love uh, it. All right. After, after that, it really opens up. I feel like those are the four ones that really needed to go off the board first, and now I can kind of reach into my bag. Um I don't want to over Nolan this draft, but it feels like a foolish decision not to take Inception here. This dude's got Puka and Cooper Cup on his team. I, I expect nothing less. I, you know what's funny? <laughs> I was cooking up my list. Inception didn't even make it. I didn't want to go down this road. I, you know, I don't want the, I don't want the LA stack. Wow. I'm, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for some deep cuts here. Not that deep though. Denis Villeneuve's one of his best movies of all time. Give me Arrival. I think this has one of the greatest endings of all time. I think it's still one of the greatest sci-fi movies of all time. And it stands alone. I would have gone BR2049 because that's one of my favorites. But Arrival and specifically its ending has stuck with me like, like almost no other. So give me Arrival. I've never been wowed by that ending or what? that movie in general. Um, 
maybe I just saw it like I was I mean that was what 2015 2016 so maybe like high school me was just flabbergasted but I love that movie it's a lot of people's favorite Villeneuve but I just I don't know it's always felt derivative of like even close encounters to me well oh okay I get the turn though right yeah thank god okay so this is my 4-1 I think Mm -hmm. all right damn it I I would have gone something different but that's okay I think you're gonna take one of my picks but again that's fine we could have done like a 10-teamer this is this is cracking me up but give me at the 4-1 one of like the most successful movies of all time and one of the most iconic movies of all time not one of my favorites but on paper I mean this is like a yeah I would never take McCaffrey because of the injury stuff, but you kind of have to take him here at the four-one. Give me ET. Jeez. Oh, okay. That's fair. Um, yeah. I mean, dude, I, I, I don't love it. You don't love it, but it's an all-time Spielberg movie. It has to be on this list. It, it has is. to be. It has to yeah. be. It's, it, it's it a chalk is. pick. It's a chalk pick. It's not cute. And with keeping with the theme of childhood movies. I'm so torn here on which one to choose. Um, they're they're semi similar, but I think I gotta go. This is like maybe two points higher than than the Iron Giant. I'm going Wally. I knew I knew you would do this. I knew you would do. I wanted to take I wanted to take Wally at the two one just to spite you, just to let you know that I was ready. But yeah, that's your movie to own. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Hit me with your hit me with your five one. I'm really curious. I'm surprised this one's still on the board. Uh, are you thinking Annihilation? <laughs> nope. But go ahead. I'm 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 really torn here between Annihilation and They Live. But since I just recently talked about They Live on this pod, I'm going Annihilation. Uh, I thought I thought I thought you were gonna say Ex Machina. Oh, fair. It's. Not I I prefer Annihilation when we're talking mm-hmm. about um what's that director's name? Couldn't tell you. I was gonna ask you. Um oh shit. This is gonna drive me crazy. This is embarrassing. It is. Um I'm on it. You keep you keep dialing in. Alex Garland. Garland, damn it. Yeah. I pr- I prefer Annihilation to to ex machina by quite a bit even though uh oscar isaac and donald gleason are amazing and alicia vikander as well but annihilation you have one of the greatest female casts of all time you have oscar isaac coming back as well but natalie portman you have um jennifer jason lee you have just just like anybody you could want um I, I I love this team. I'm loving it right now. I I'm disappointed by some of these some of these picks that I couldn't make, but I I want to give a brief brief shout out to them after you take your All final. Right. I'm selection. glad that you said that. So I'm taking X Machina at the five two. Thank you for letting that fall. But I think we have a couple deep cuts here. Let's do like two waiver wire pickups. We okay. got some flex spots here. So um, my two that I want to go with. These aren't chalk. These are like my fun picks that I wanted to take. Give me Upgrade, a really fun sci-fi action movie with great camera work. If you haven't seen it, check it out. This is one that I know that like typically I say, hey, check this out. I think you'll have a good time. I legitimately think you will like this movie. But just like watch the trailer, let me know what you think. And then my other pickup, I'm torn here. I'm torn. 
I actually want to see. I want to. I want you to give me one waiver wire, just in case you steal it. Yeah, I can't believe you let this fall this far, and I can't believe it went undrafted. I'm taking signs. Damn it! Damn it! I should have just said it. I should have just said it. I should have just said it. God damn it! God damn it! I knew it. I knew it. M. Night Shyamalan's best movie. I should have just said it. I ah ha! All right, nice pick. Um, All right, so I was wavering between. God damn it! I was wavering between. Signs and one of my childhood classic, like all time favorite Tyler movies. Give me Armageddon. I don't care. I know you hate Michael Bay. I fucking love Armageddon. I think that's a great waiver wire pickup. That's like 20 points on like a random week four. Fair. Um, oh man, I'm really, I'm still torn on my last pick here, but. I think I have to go with one that I've actually recommended to a lot of people. Not many people have seen it. Um, kind of flew under the radar. It's called The Vast of Night. Yeah, I haven't heard of it. It's about these two kids who are like running a radio broadcast of their high school's basketball team or game. And um, they like end up picking up like an alien frequency over the radio. And they like have to go on this big like epic journey to investigate it. It's really... I, I love it. It's a great adventure that you don't really see made anymore. Hmm. Where can I find it? Um. What, like Vimeo or one of your, like, deep cut streaming platforms? No, the last time I saw it, I do think I had to rent it, though. Um, let me double check for you real quick. Oh, no, it's free on Prime. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right. It's, that's it's some, definitely that's a Tyler like. movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I think it's only 90 minutes, too. Yeah, it's 91 minutes. I um, love that that's becoming the new threshold for, is this a Tyler movie? Is it less than two hours? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a Tyler movie. Before we move on to our outro, I did want to shout out Tenet. Probably should have been drafted, but I got both of my Nolan movies before it. Um, Under the Skin is an amazing movie where ScarJo plays an alien. Um uh, going and seeing it a24 is bringing it back to theaters on i think it's october 18th in amc's in case anybody wants to see it her which i didn't choose because i have eternal sunshine um but that is the movie where uh what's his name uh joaquin phoenix falls in love with his phone and invasion of the body snatchers 1974 which yep. is a classic. That was one of my deep cuts. I also would like to shout out District 9, which I mentioned earlier. I think this is a great movie that doesn't get talked about enough anymore. I think it was really no. good and clear inspiration for this movie. But the other one is kind of a deep cut. One of my Criterion favorites, Fantastic Planet, a foreign oh, like nice. animated movie. It was going to be one of my picks, but um, this is one that I want to leave off, you know, Go watch it if you can find it on Max. If not, um, I, I really I really challenge people to flex their movie muscles on that one. It's a good watch. It's a great one. Uh, anything else you want to add before we close this out? Please go see The Creator. I, I cannot say this enough. I, and selfishly, it's, it's not for your sake. It's for my sake. I want more movies like this. I want original stories told by really good storytellers. They don't need $300 million. You know, there are people that love doing this stuff. Build a great cast, find the JDWs of the world, and make magic happen. I want new stuff, and this is how it can happen. It, I, I, you, I couldn't have said it better, man. Um, I love it. 
yes, please do go see the creator. Uh, do you want to give our movie grades before we close this out, or should we just leave it off? A minus. I'm saying A minus. <laughs> All right. Same here. Let, let's shake hands and call it a day. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Blast Podcast. Be sure to head to our website, blastmovies.net, or follow the link in the description to learn more about Blast, and we will catch you next time. Mm-hmm.